Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoman. I'm your host, Ryan Aver, here with Barry Trammell at Amon G. Carter Stadium, where on Saturday, Oklahoma beat TCU uh, 33 to 14, and, and Barry, an all-around performance from the Sooners, uh, and, and probably their most complete game of the year. Yeah, uh, you know, where, where do you want to start? You can start on the offense. <laughs> a, a bunch of big plays, but the the defense, I thought, was you know that's the one you can't count on, and you could count on today. So, very very impressive performance by the OU defense. You know, TCU is not a juggernaut offensively. This is not, uh, you know, this is not the uh, uh, Gary Patterson offense from five or six years ago uh, with Trevon Boykin and that crowd. But they did score. They scored 33 on Texas, and they lit up Iowa State to some degree in the second half with, with the return of Max Dugan at quarterback, and they really didn't get much done at all tonight. They, uh, TCU had one t- – with, with – with, uh, what was it? With uh, six minutes left in the game, TCU takes the field down 30-7, to seven, and they had been inside the OU 30-yard line – one time so you know that's pretty good that's pretty good defense yeah and they were able to to stop uh, the run for the most part I think TCU had a 34 yarder uh, there in the final minutes that bumped them up to what was it they finished with 75 yards rushing I think they had 41 rushing yards uh, to that point in the game and OU's defensive line played really well they've been the best part of this defense I've thought all year but uh, tonight especially, they set the tone uh, really from the get-go. Yeah, and, and what's impressive is they played so many guys. I think I think I counted seven that contributed um, with plays, seven defensive linemen from you know guys like Josh Ellison, uh, Corey Robertson, Ron Stokes, Aaron Winfrey, um, Isaiah Thomas, Jordan Kelly. I'm leaving somebody else out, but – I mean, it was it was very good, and they played aggressive. They, you know, Isaiah Thomas told us after the game, first play of the game, I was hesitant. I sort of got a little bit leery of, of Max Dugan pulling the ball, and I didn't go after him. He said, "No more of that." Uh, he said after that play, I said, "It's all out. Here I come." And that aggression really paid off for the Sooners. Yeah, it really did. Uh, you know, a couple you mentioned Isaiah Thomas's play. Uh, you brought up Jordan Kelly. I thought his is. Uh, tackle for loss was really big, uh, sort of snuffing out a, uh, a reverse uh, there that had a potential to be a big-time play for the Horned Frogs, and uh, he's able to make a play. But, yeah, guys up and down the field um, are, are, are doing it for this, this defensive line, and we sort of, I think, wondered if that would be their weakness, especially early in the season without uh, Ronnie Perkins. And here, all of a sudden, uh, that, that group uh, – you know, coached by Calvin Thibodeau and, and Jamar Kane, uh, are, are really, really performing well. Yeah, and, you know, Ronnie Perk, with no Ronnie Perkins, and no, Jalen Redmond didn't even count him. 
You yeah. Wonder, what would what they do, what would they do with all these guys if they had both of those fellas? So, um, yeah, very encouraging. The one thing about TCU, they're not always great. They're not always flashy. But let me tell you what, they're tough. They've been tough for 20 years. And if you can come out and win the line of scrimmage against TCU, well, you've done something. And I think Oklahoma did that probably on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, let's continue a little bit with the defense, though, Barry. There was uh, obviously uh, on balance everybody performed well in this game. But in the secondary, again, saw some, some tackling issues uh, pop up uh, once or twice. Uh, there was a, a, a little bit of a period where Jaden Davis almost looked like he gave up on a, a ball that was almost hauled in for a touchdown in the back of the end zone. They wound up reviewing it, and uh, he, uh, the TCU receiver fumbled it a little bit. But um, we're starting to see some, some more young guys play back there. Woody Washington, again, played a, a pretty significant amount. And uh, I think we're going to continue to see that rotation uh, get altered here as the year goes on. And, and Jeremiah Cradell, I thought, played more uh, than maybe we've seen him uh, in his career so far. So that's remains a work in progress back there. Yeah, you know what? Here's the deal. We're, everybody's been on the OU defense for low these many years. This is the fifth straight season when they've had a defense that's really not up to Oklahoma's historic standards. But you have to say that especially these last – Two weeks, Texas, or the last two games, you know, outside of those last two possessions in the Cotton Bowl, the defense played a very good game. Um, and Texas, you know, five minutes left in the game, they just picked off Sam Ellinger and the Horns had 17 points. And then you get to overtime and they get two stops. So they've been decent on – they've been decent on defense – uh, two weeks ago, and then very good today. So maybe they're making progress. I mean, we, we got to give them a little bit of, we got to get them a little bit of of credit when when they deserve it. And I, you know, we we whack them pretty good when they don't and play well. And I think they played really well today. Yeah, uh, the Sooners hold TCU to or force TCU into eight punts. Um, I think the average uh, yardage gained on those drives, those eight drives, was something. Uh, Right around 20. Um, was it three of them? I think went three and out. So uh, this defense got off the field quick and uh, opened the door for this offense that uh, is looking more and more like it has an answer to the question of who the number one receiver on this team is going to be. Yeah, you know, the, the, just the deep ball threat with, with Marvin Mims is exceptional. Um, he doesn't just do it with speed. He does it with, you know, good, with good body control on jump balls. He had uh, one of those today. You know, one of his touchdowns, he's just wide open. But another one, he, it, was, it was good coverage. He just sort of won the battle, and the guy falls down as they come down, and he trots into the end zone. So he's, you know, coming in, you know, after last season, I was convinced Jaden Hazelwood's going to be the next great OU receiver in the line of – Shepard and Westbrook and um, Hollywood Brown and, and C.D. Lamb. I think it's probably Marvin Mims now. Uh, and if Hazelwood is as good as we think after the NF, after the knee injury, you know, then they're loaded. But, uh, yeah, Mar Marvin Mims has been uh, uh, spectacular as a true freshman. No, no doubt about it. 
Yeah, he has. And uh, I think a lot of us expected him to contribute pretty significantly this year, especially on the, in the special teams game. Had a, another really nice uh, punt return uh, today. Uh, what was it? Uh, 30, 38 yards. 38 yard return. Yeah, it was 38 yards. Um, but you wondered how that big playability that he showed so often in college. And let's remember, this guy is the uh, best wide receiver in Texas high school football history, which is saying something. So just in the last couple of years, they've had the top quarterback in Texas high school football history and, and Kyler Murray and now the top receiver. And, uh, you know, Mims is showing no signs of, of slowing down. Spencer Rattler marveled about him after the game. Uh, his ability to get get down the field uh, speed-wise. But also I, I thought was interesting listening to uh, his teammates is just the way they talk about the approach that Marvin Mims has to uh, the game and the approach that he's shown since the, the first day he arrived on campus. And those guys all said that that's something that you don't see from very many freshmen at all. Yeah, and, you know, two different guys who did not hear each other talk Talked about his humility. Very humble guy. I don't know what that means. I don't even know if it's true. You know, sometimes I don't even know if 18, 19-year-olds even know what being humble is. But um, but he does seem to be a guy that impresses them as a solid dude. And so that's a great, that's a great thing to hear. And if they can, you know, if they can just uh, uh, mine that, that character and that talent, they've got really something special on their hands. Uh, in in the next couple of years with Spencer Rattler throwing to Marvin Mims. Yeah, no doubt about it. These are going to be some guys who are, uh, well, have developed a really good chemistry already, and certainly that'll continue to grow. But it, it wasn't only Marvin Mims today. Theo uh, Weiss, who we had start, sort of started to wonder about a few weeks ago, you know, is this guy going to be a guy that's really going to factor – into the top end of their wide receiver rotation and a second straight game with uh, a couple of big catches for him. Three catches, 87 yards, uh, had a 44-yarder uh, there early in the game. And uh, Weiss is looking like another really good target for Spencer Rattler. Yeah, and, you know, that was a, I guess it's a Texas game where all of a sudden Rattler honed in on Weiss and threw to him, seemed like, every, every play in the set third quarter. But um, what he did look, he did look good again. To, I think he had 44 and 43-yard completions to Weiss today on long balls. Um, and so it's a good it, – listen, OU's always going to have good receivers. I mean, I think they got another one today, a commitment from somebody today. They're, they're out of control on receivers. Um, but, you know, clearly if Mims can come in and make, make an impact like he did, he's, he's the real deal. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, uh, Barry, uh, let's let's talk about the running game, though. T.J. Pledger, uh, a, a second straight 100-yard game for him, 122 yards, a touchdown. The, the touchdown, a really physical run uh, early in the game. And uh, he just looks more and more like the Sooners' number one running back. You know, I've liked him ever since he got here, and he – He's been seemed like to me pretty shifty, not exactly a speedster, but pretty shifty. He showed some physicality today. Uh, his touchdown run 
he was uh, hit around the four and five, and he just sort of bounced off and went on in, you know, got got into the end zone. I was very impressed with that. So, and he was better the longer the game. You know, the third and fourth quarters were his strongest quarters, and the Sooners really ran the ball strong. So, uh, the development of that running game the last two weeks is a very good sign. You know, if you remember, they they ran it on Texas that great third quarter, that huge drive. He did a mini version of that today. They come out to open the second half, get a stop on defense, and then they have a five-minute drive, uh, five-and-a-half-minute drive to a field goal. So, um, you know, they, and then in the fourth quarter, they, they milk clock pretty good. So you got to like – the offensive line had its struggles early, but I think they're rounding a little bit into form. So I like – you know, I, I, like, I like the way the offensive line's developing. Uh, Murray makes his debut, uh, seemed to play pretty well sooner – Pledger uh, had a big had a big gain, I think, on his first play that Murray came in to block. So yeah, I think and I think if I'm not mistaken, they ran behind him maybe the first couple plays yeah. and so were able to get, get yeah. gains. So yeah, Very that's good uh, a, a definitely a, a good sign for the Sooners, and and that was a big factor in them uh, closing out the game and playing much better in the fourth quarter than we'd seen them play all season. Yeah, so um, it's a good sign course you never worry too much about the offense it's going to go fine so um the defense though you know when it plays we had a couple of good observations you know at one point Isaiah Thomas said he looked up at the scoreboard in the early fourth quarter and said wow we've held them to seven points Spencer Rattler after the game didn't even know how many he didn't even know what the final score was he said what what'd they score 14 he said we're going to win a lot of games if if we give up 14 points <laughs> And he, he's right about that because they've gone 57 straight, scoring 28, so uh, at least 28. So very good uh, performance on both sides of the ball tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, uh, Barry, just looking at the, the big picture, OU heads to Texas Tech uh, next week, and you know we'll see. It looks like OSU's uh, going to hold on to, to win this game against Iowa State, which uh, – I think if you're a Sooners fan, you probably or you should have been at least rooting hard for the Cyclones uh, in the Big 12 race just because you can sort of uh, write off them finishing number one and get to work on catching everybody else for that second spot. But, uh, um, you know, this this Big 12 race is going to be uh, something interesting and you can't write off OU uh, quite yet even with that 0-2 start. No, that's true. I mean, you got it's a long season. You know, who knows what's going to happen with COVID. But if we get all our games in, there's a really good chance seven and two will get you in the in the in the uh, Big Twelve title conference game. title game in Arlington. Not very many times, but one time maybe. And in, in I think I looked it up one time in the last ten years of, of a ten team league in which um, we've had a case of a seven and two team would have not made that would have not made the, the, the conference title game. So, you know, Sooners can't worry about what everybody else does. They just got to they just gotta try to see if they can get seven and two and post it like a, you know, like a golfer lead, a leader in the clubhouse situation and see if it's good enough. Yeah, so, but, um, you know, the next couple of weeks, um, their, their schedule does lighten up. Uh, pretty significantly with uh, uh, Texas Tech in a week uh, in in Lubbock, 
and we know that's always a difficult place to play, but Texas Tech isn't now what they, they have been, especially offensively, uh, over the last few years. And then finally, uh, here in a couple weeks, OU returns home. It seems like forever since they played in, in Norman. Uh, it's been a, been a long time away from, from home for the Sooners. Yeah, this uh, you know the novelty of the schedule is such. It, it, I'd probably call it the second craziest schedule in modern OU history, only behind that 1985 season when they opened us. Didn't even open the year until September 28th. But you know, it's home games are not that big a deal. Um, I don't think in in COVID 2020. So home road. You know, you're not going to hear you're not going to hear as many cowbells in Lubbock. You're not going to have as many flying tortillas. You're not going to have as many foul mouth students. So going to Lubbock is not is not uh, as big a deal. You know, I was telling somebody earlier today, going on the road in 2020 is once you're on the field, everything's easier. But all the logistics to get there is worse than ever before. More buses, more hotel rooms, more precautions, wearing a mask, going and coming, all that stuff's just, you know, a bigger hassle. So, you know, it probably works out to where you'll be okay. You know, you don't mind playing on the road once once the game starts. Once the game starts, you don't mind playing on the road. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned masks. It's at least I know on OU's uh... – trips it's not just the mask but the fact that they wear uh have to wear shields uh, on the buses and 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 things like that so it's uh can certainly be a chore but yeah once once they get there the environment isn't nearly as intimidating in a place like we saw iowa state a few weeks ago and, and we'll see certainly uh next saturday in lubbock which is usually uh as baker mayfield well he probably wouldn't say it but as he experienced uh you know one of the can be one of the more hostile places to play uh in this league but yeah it's certainly uh, taken on a, a different kind of vibe uh, this year with the uh, attendance limits and, and things like that but it will be i'm sure nice for ou to get back home here in a couple weeks and uh, face kansas uh Barry, one of the last things before we uh, get back on the road, we haven't we've talked about him sort of in passing as we've talked about some of these other guys. But uh, Spencer Rattler's day today, thirteen of twenty-two, three hundred thirty-two yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, they only got brought him down uh, for one sack. Um, it seemed like a solid day for him. Uh, and was able to, as you mentioned earlier, uh, find a lot of receivers deep down the field. Yeah, you know, Rattler's sort of developing a reputation as the best deep ball, the best deep ball thrower the Sooners have, and they've had some great deep ball throwers. But you know, his, this 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 big this air raid, you know, not not my cliche air raid, but you know, traditional air raid, throwing it deep, you know, the old Oakland Raider offense. That's sort of become his calling card. And OU's done a lot of that over the years, but my goodness, it's he's very accurate on those balls. He's very uh, – he's become patient in the pocket to let him develop. So, 
know, he was uh, seven, he was only seven or fifteen at halftime, but his his uh, his deep ball completions made the passing game very effective by halftime. So very impressive all the way around. I thought from Rattler. Now his decision on the run game, he held a, he carried the ball too many times. He kept it instead of handing it some of his own reads. And, you know, he, I think he had seven. I looked it up. It's like seven designed runs and ended up in the negative yardage. That's not even count sacks and scrambles. So he probably needs to work on that. But the passing game, I had very little quibble with him today. Yeah, I, I thought he was really good uh, once again. Um, yeah, there was at least uh, one time I think where he should have just thrown the ball away, uh, held on to it for a little bit too long, and wound up getting brought down for a loss. But uh, not much to complain about about uh, Spencer Rattler's day, and, and yeah, the the deep balls. Uh, he continues to be brilliant on those deep balls. We'll see, uh, you know, just how that develops uh, moving forward. But when you have a guy who can throw the way that he does, a guy who can run the way that Mar- and catch the way that Marvin Mims does. And then you combine that with the depth of the rest of their receivers and the fact that they're starting to run the ball. You know, all of a sudden, this this team looks um, much more like the team we expected it to be uh, before the season. Yes, and you know, now they lost at Iowa State, but Iowa State's a good team. That can happen. When you look at this season, the inexplicable part of this season is really just that melt force that. Last 17-minute meltdown against Kansas State. That is inexcusable. They had that game so much in hand. And if they if they win that game, everything's in front of them for their goals. So, you know, we, the Sooners have not had much in the way of, eh, this didn't, you know, disappointing. They've had disappointing finishes to seasons. They haven't had disappointing seasons in a long time. And they can still make this one not disappointing. Um, but they uh, they get they're halfway to the regular season, so they, they got to still take care of business. But you got to like the signs uh, of getting better. So I'm I'm you know, I'm pretty optimistic about OU down the stretch. Yeah, it, it certainly looks like they're heading in the right direction here uh, after this uh, 33 to 14 victory over the Sooner or over TCU, excuse me, uh, down here at Amon G Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. Um, you know, we'll see uh, where this team goes from here, but chances to build some momentum here moving forward and, um, you know, see what happens, especially in Bedlam here. As it looks like uh, I'm just going to, uh, yeah, OSU gets the ball back after an onside kick here in the final minute of regulation. So it looks like they're going to hold on and win that game. So, um, like I said, this, the Sooners – appear to be moving in the right direction. A great day for both the offense, Spencer Rattler, Marvin Mims, the offensive line, the run game, and the defense, uh, bringing pressure and getting to uh, Max Dugan quite a bit. Um, But we're going to wrap it up there here uh, in in Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sooners Extra Podcast. You can check out our work every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere. 